Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone to, if you haven't already, fill out the end-of-season survey, which you can find in the description for this episode. Now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Alternate History Class. My name's Andrew and here I explore alternate history through the lens of a history class from another timeline. Last week, we looked at how the Great War played out an external front between the great powers. This week, we look at North America and how internal politics and dissident groups would define much of the internal war. Alright everyone, this week we'll be focusing on the internal politics of the Great War, uh, and that includes the uprisings in both the Confederacy and the United States. Let's start with the Second Mormon Uprising. On July 10th of 1916, the Mormons declared the Independent Republic of Deseret. Uh, seizing all U.S. forts and U.S. military uh, land in the area, thus putting them in open rebellion against the United States. This would cause the U.S. to have to take troops, which if mainly took off of the Western Front, as would be expected as they wanted to quickly respond to this, to fight back against the Mormon uprising. The Mormons would fight tooth and nail for every scrap of land that they could, but it ended up being that despite their grit, despite their willingness to fight, the United States just had the numbers and the overwhelming firepower to push them back. And on January 11th of 1916, the United States captured Salt Lake City and the Mormon leadership officially requested a ceasefire and offered terms of surrender. This would allow the U.S. to refocus those troops. Now, it was an open secret that the Confederacy uh, had funded the Mormons. Uh, This is something that the Confederacy did not admit to at the time and would not admit to for nearly a century afterwards. 
but considering the stalemate and what was supposed to be a quick war that was done by Christmas of the first year, and the fact that most of the captured Mormons had Confederate weapons from Gillum and Smith and ammunition, the conclusion could quickly be drawn that the Confederates had backed the Mormons in their uprising, perhaps hoping to, if they won, have a friendly kind of puppet state near their west. But the Confederacy didn't just fund uprisings. The U.S. did too. It's something, again, they would not acknowledge for decades after the fact. In August of 1916, several black socialist republics would pop up across the Confederacy, declaring their independence from white rule and causing a lot of destruction and kind of chaos far behind the Confederate lines as they were rising up against the people who had oppressed them and generations of ancestors before them. Now, most of these were crushed within a couple of months, and the Confederacy, considering the widespread number of them, had to kind of pull troops relatively evenly across the front line. Uh, But they did have most of these covered within two to three months. Most of them were squashed, with only the occasional guerrilla band popping up here and there to fight against local militia forces. But two republics uh, in the swamps of Louisiana and Florida would continue to cause the Confederacy problems not just for the rest of the war, but within the context of the next couple of decades as it was very hard to root them out of the bayou in Louisiana and the Everglades in Florida. Now, this obviously also did not get the U.S. a breakthrough in the war. As we discussed last week, that didn't happen until they brought the barrels in. But both sides made one more attempt, wanting to fund local dissidents to weaken the other. And that would be trying to incite rebellions from Native American tribes. The reason it didn't work uh, for the Confederacy was that the U.S. had done such a thorough job in wiping out so many of their natives 
that there wasn't really any significant force to actually muster up. And many who still remained just wanted to live and didn't want to be hunted down and killed. For the U.S., it turns out that giving the natives their own state in Sequoia had done wonders for Confederate and Native relations. As most, well over 90% of Natives in the Confederacy lived in Sequoia, which was, as we noted, a rather autonomous state, the most autonomous state in the Confederacy. And they simply had no reason to rise up against the Confederacy. Now, as during every war that lasts for a decent amount of time, elections were a factor in this war. In the United States, President Theodore Roosevelt decided to do something unprecedented in 1916 and run for a third term, declaring that the United States needed to have stable leadership as the war continued on and there was no sure date of an ending in sight. Now, Roosevelt was extremely popular among the military, uh, and although this running for a third term was a bit controversial at home, largely buoyed by the military vote. Roosevelt was able to win re-election in an unprecedented third term, defeating uh, Debs, who had been renominated for the Socialists, and Champ Clark for the Democrats, a prominent minority leader in the House from Missouri. In the Confederacy, Wilson obviously had no plans to run for another term, as he didn't want to be a part of this war to begin with. But the Speaker of the Confederate House Henry Stiegel took this opportunity and became what is still to this date the youngest Confederate president upon his election. When he defeated Jacksonian Joseph Ransdell. This was a bit of a shorter class this week and expect a... a bit of a shorter, similar-length class next week as we take a look at a story from the first year of the Great War that is very relevant to the time of year we're in.
Thank you for listening to the Alternate History Class Podcast. If you'd like to give any feedback you have, feel free to reach out via Twitter at AltHisClassPod or email the show at AltHisClass at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe or follow the show on your preferred podcasting so you don't miss an episode when it goes live. If you are able and want to help the show financially, you can support the show on Patreon. Just search for Alternate History Class or use the link in the description of this episode. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine. Feel free to share the show with someone you think will enjoy it. And finally, Thank you for your most important contribution, your time. And I'll see you next time as we journey down the path, not 